Oh, it's Ken Cotton! That's what it's called, pantophobia. Not fear of pants, though, if that's what you're thinking. It's fear of everything. Hello and welcome to Pantophobia. I'm your host, Jeff Wagg, coming to you from the College of Curiosity. A study at the University of Sheffield concluded that clowns are universally disliked by children. Some find them quite frightening and unknowable. What is it about these sometimes funny and sometimes sad characters that's so creepy? Many of you listening already know the answer. This is Aubrey Henretti. Serious question. Does anybody actually like clowns? Because this is the part of the show where I usually say we're all basically scared of the same three things, so let's give people who are afraid of this thing our empathy and respect and so on, but today we're talking about clowns, and I just don't think I'm going to have to work that hard. Clowns, just look at their faces. Our brains are extremely sensitive to faces. We see them anywhere there's even a whisper of resemblance to a face, like on the fronts of cars or in punctuation marks turned sideways. But clown faces, with their exaggerated features, are aggressively facey. When you look closely, not that you'd want to, you see that everything about clowns is a distortion. Their hair and feet are far too big for their bodies, their clothing is wrong, too big, too bright, too many clashing colors, oh, and a lot of them won't talk to you. So I'll repeat my question. Does anyone feel genuine affection for clowns? If you do, please delete your angry comment treatise and join us on this adventure. By the end of the show, I promise you'll get it. Let's hear what Jennifer has to say about her experiences with clowns and popular culture. She's interviewed by Mark Gronke and Aubrey Henretti with our logo designer, Beth Voigt, in attendance. Hi, I'm Jennifer. My fear is, aside from conservative Republicans, are are, (laughs) bigger than that, surprisingly, are clowns. I know that's hard to distinguish between the two a lot of the times. Can you trace this fear back? Does it have an origin story? I really wish I could. I'd love to blame the multiple trips to the old-fashioned McDonald's. Introducing the world's newest, silliest, and hamburger-eatingest clown, Ronald McDonald. McDonald's used to have really large statues of Ronald McDonald oh, just kind of sitting yeah. there for no reason other than decoration. I went to the circus a lot as a kid, but that was because I like the acrobats. Were so. you scared of clowns as a kid? I just didn't see the purpose for them. I, I didn't understand why they existed. Why do clowns exist? According to Australia's Humor Foundation, The roots of clowning go back to ancient Greece, where bald-headed comics wore costumes designed to exaggerate their features. They weren't the main characters, but were intended to parody the main characters. In Roman times, clowns wore robes and pointed hats, and they were on stage to be the butt of jokes. It wasn't until the Middle Ages that the court jester and fool took the stage for themselves and gradually developed into Commedia dell'arte, which featured stock characters such as the Harlequin. From there, modern clowning emerged in its various forms. Not that long ago, the word clown invoked images of Clarabelle, Bozo, 
Charlie Chaplin as the tramp, and even Carol Burnett's washerwoman. Today, an entirely different image comes to the minds of many people. Jennifer describes an all-too-typical early interaction with clowns in the millennial world. You did tell me once about a, uh, a story involving your father and Stephen King's It. Oh, right, because the clown that has scared multiple generations. Oh, that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah seeing It at a very young age is probably what did it. I'm every nightmare you ever had. I am your worst dream come true. I'm everything you ever were afraid of. I was pretty young when I saw it too, and it was very terrifying. I agree. Yeah. If I had to pick a defining moment, that was definitely it, but I never thought that clowns were ever really funny. Mm -hmm. Do you have a representative encounter story with clowns? Cirque du Soleil. Because the clowns are interactive in Cirque shows, which means if you're seeing the first five rows at any Cirque du Soleil show in Vegas, during intermission, they will come out and pull you on stage. Oh, and you no. will become part of the show. <laughs> I don't even have a clown thing. I have a performer thing. If anyone, if someone's performing on a stage, they should be on it. They should mm -hmm. not be interacting with me because I'm just there to watch. Yeah, I already paid money for admission. I do not need to be Yeah, like I, I, I came here to watch you yeah. guys. Spawn didn't help. I mean, it helped in that it introduced me to him. Like, yay, a black complex anti-hero. Mm -hmm. When I hit adolescence, clowns stopped being portrayed all of the media I was consuming kind of stopped being portrayed in any sort of positive light which for me was fine because again clowns are evil anyway I feel like I'm seeing some accuracy here but especially Spawn where the clown who in his human form is a short stout clown your training what are you a creature far superior known for raping and murdering so all that does is just affirm my fear and disgust of clowns because here I am in my adolescence consuming media that is reaffirming my fears. I just want you to know I'm on the Wikipedia page for uh, The Violator and uh, underneath in-story informations it says team affiliations hell <laughs> notable aliases the clown demonic so that sounds pretty good for like a... That, that sounds almost perfect for what a clown is. You're, you're to a clown. <laughs> yeah. Then there was Sideshow Bob. How could... We cannot... <laughs> right. We cannot forget about Sideshow Bob. I am Sideshow Bob. <laughs> and now I am free to sing all the Gilbert and Sullivan I damn well, please. Let's just recap <laughs> for the listeners what, what the story about Sideshow Bob on The Simpsons was. Sideshow Bob framed Krusty for robbing the Quickie Mark, and the way they found out about that it was Sideshow Bob and not Krusty was because of Bob's feet. Bob had actually very large feet, which required those god-awful clown shoes where Krusty had teeny tiny feet. So Bart proved that Krusty was innocent by smashing Sideshow Bob's foot in front of cops and a bunch of witnesses, which sent Sideshow Bob to jail. And then we have the next 25 years of Sideshow Bob trying to kill Bart, and it just got old. Sideshow Bob has more of a, he's less clownish in appearance than Krusty, and yet he's more threatening. 
I mean, he did have the giant clown feet, but that's pretty much his only clowny feature. The hair. That well, yeah. yeah. And then, but Krusty looks way more. Oh yeah, no. he was more of a clown assistant yeah. as much. Oh no, no, I recognize himself. that. I recognize that Krusty looked way more clownish, but Krusty was not a happy-go-lucky clown. No. Krusty, and that's. That's just what it is. He so, to me, he he was more embodying to of what I think clowns are. So would you prefer a sad clown now? Not even so much a sad clown because I mean the French gave us mimes and I'll just take the wine and their bread. They can keep their clown. Um, you mean the Italian sad clown? You mean that, Pagliacci who that, stabbed his wife? Well, yeah, no, well, I don't think I mean, at so. least he has, a, he has a legitimate reason to be you, upset, like, at least. Like, you're like, you're <laughs> European, the Europeans can keep their clowns because their clowns... Like the frowny, wilty flower clown. clown. Yeah, their clowns have some issues. Yeah, I think those clowns don't really bother me. Those clowns don't bother me because they're not happy-go-lucky. I mean, they bother me in the difference. They're like, it's kind of messed up, Pagliacci, that you think it's okay to just stab your wife <laughs> repeatedly. Well, that's why he was sad. <laughs> Says she's <laughs> Italian in the room. Okay. <laughs> um, but I, I also wanted to mention that uh, you talk about how clowns are portrayed currently. I think that's a, a, uh, an interesting fact. When our parents were kids in like the 50s, Clowns were everywhere. Like Ronald McDonald's is a brand new thing. Bozo was huge. There was like a whole bunch of like little kid shows that were oriented, showing clowns as like you know a, a major feature. And then by the time we grew up, clowns were were solidly on the outs. Yeah, but when we were growing up, it was all the people who were making all the movies were people who'd grown up watching clowns. So maybe there was something inherently and was, upsetting about them. And I was, like, oh, and I, and I'm convinced. I have a hypothesis. These were all white people who were who were making who were watching clowns and making movies about clowns. Oh, I, because I'm gonna tell you right now, black people don't find giant white people in white makeup. Still, I know tons of white people who are afraid of clowns. It's clear that Jennifer, like many people, has no use for clowns. So why would someone decide to become a clown? One Kentucky woman was willing to share her story with us. I'm Becky, and when I was clowning, I was Kabuki the Clown. And I picked the name Kabuki because there was a book in the name, and I was kooky about books. Well, I think that's an excellent name. So um, what made you decide that you wanted to be a clown versus, you know, something else, a magician or an acrobat or whatever? I picked up the Klutz juggling book, mm. and I thought that would be really cool to learn how to juggle. I was in the frame of mind that if I could teach myself how to juggle, then I could do anything. Probably true. I didn't follow the book exactly. I kept doing it for hours and hours and hours. When I went back and read the book again, it said do it for 10 minutes at a time and then go do something else for an hour and then come back and do that several times in the day. And by the very next day, I could juggle. Wow, that's great. Well, thank you. Then we dressed up as clowns Halloween of 99. And after we went trick-or-treating, we came back home and I stood out in the yard juggling and the cars just lined up with all the kids and people were laughing and clapping. And of course, I was getting a big kick out of it. And there was a little boy, I guess he was probably 12 because he asked me if I would do that for his birthday party uh -huh. on his birthday. 
And that put the idea in my head. So I read up on a lot of the Shriner clowns, and they were always very, very particular about do your research, learn the history of the clowning, makeup is important, don't be a lipstick clown. (laughs) Yes, don't skimp, don't be a scary clown. And my first clown was kind of a scary clown. What was it about your initial makeup that you think people might have thought was scary? The first time I did it, I did more of a white face. Really, the white face clowns are a little more spooky-ish. Interesting. Yeah, and when I found the Auguste look with the nice little muzzle, that turned out to be a very cute look for me. In pecking order, the white face is the highest rank, the Auguste is the next, and then your tramp clowns or your character clowns are the lowest, and they're usually the butt of the joke. And people don't realize how long it takes to put on the makeup and get it on there correctly and how much it costs to put together a wardrobe. The shoes that I had made for me back in 1999 were $212. When you see people smiling and laughing, you know they're having fun. That made me feel so good because they were making me feel as good as I hopefully made them feel. It's the best feeling in the world. Did you ever run into somebody who was terrified of clowns? Absolutely. A football game at school. Some of the kids came and said, here, come over here. You've got to go see so-and-so. And it turned out to be someone who was frightened of clowns and mm. it scared her. And I was so upset with those kids. I, I just let them know you don't do that. Becky is a perfect example of what clowning is supposed to be, light-hearted fun. However, as the incident at the football game shows, there is something in us, at least many of us, that wants to see other people react out of fear even if they have that fear themselves. Here's Jennifer again. My brother has the same fear of clowns. So much so that his first, you know, toddler plate, you know those little plate sets that babies get in order to graduate them using real silverware, super cute, it had clowns all over it. He would cry every time he put the plate down in front of him. And me, being the loving, caring big sister, would always rub the plate in his face so he'd start screaming bloody murder because that was funny to me at 10 years old. So it sounds like you almost, from from the get-go, just associated clowns with a certain amount of cruelty. Yeah, especially any of the old Disney cartoons or the Looney Tunes or Dumbo. That's what it was. What The clowns in Dumbo, too. Because those clowns were mean and shit. You'd have to watch Dumbo again. It's only 50 minutes long. You, you, can, you can stomach watching Dumbo again and you will see how incredibly cruel these clowns are to Dumbo for shits and giggles. And I'm not the nicest person on the planet. I'm not even like... The nicest person in this room? (laughs) I wouldn't even go as far as saying I'm the nicest person in this room, as Mark said. But even I think that, you know, the, the cruelty of clowns and their behavior was instilled in me at a very early age. And then as I got older and started reading uh, bits and pieces about the history of clowns here and there, it seemed to just affirm my fear of them, my fear and disgust. Do you think that clowns show up in your life more than they show up in other people's lives? 
I don't particularly come into contact with clowns, except for that one dude at Convergence who decided to cosplay Pennywise. Mm. Yeah, I... I had just, I had had an anxiety attack all the way up there, the eight-hour ride over to Minneapolis, and I was still trying to come down from that. And here's this jackass walking down the hall with balloons and even the helium tank. I turned the corner and just cried. Walk us through what your feelings when that happens. You see cosplaying Pennywise. Is it just pure panic, or do you do you go through a process? It depends on where I am in my anxiety. Because I was still on the tail end of an anxiety attack, my brain went to pure panic. And, uh, and so I went into flight mode. If I'm normal and my medication is working and I see a clown, I go into fight mode, which is where I'm just kind of like, okay, where's the nearest baseball bat? Because this clown is here where it shouldn't be. Which is in your vicinity. Yes, which is like in my line of sight. I know this clown exists. You should not be here. You're not giving notice that this thing would exist like at a, at a exactly. circus show did or you, something like that. Did you wander out of a backyard from a party? Okay, I, I'm going to take a couple of swings and then maybe that noise will attract the people who hired you to come and get you. With threats of violence in the air, I reached out to Stars the Clown, a former performer with Ringling Brothers, who also goes by the name of Ida, and I asked her what she did when she ran into someone afraid of clowns. When you approach a child, or an adult, it doesn't matter, you still see that fear in their eyes. You see it. I'm afraid. Don't come too close. So you gently back away. And you leave something. I, I would keep a, a small something in my pocket, whether it's a, a trinket mm. or a bracelet or something. And I would toss it, and I'd walk away. Interesting. And in that way, they would have a good experience with a clown. They wouldn't be afraid because I didn't force it on them. There seems to be something about clowns. Now, we're talk, let's talk about young children here, young children who are afraid of clowns. They They haven't got the corrupted image of, of clowns from it or anything like that. But yet there's still something that seems to bother them about clowns. Do you have any idea what that might be? I think sometimes it's the makeup and the bright colors. I have gone into a crowd of kindergartners in full clown makeup, and I sit down in the middle of the room and I proceed to take off my makeup, my wig, my hat, I take my costume top off, and underneath it, there's a T-shirt, of course. And I make big movements, and we laugh because it's funny. And I smush my makeup into a black blob on my face, and then I do soap and water, and I'm like, ta-da, I'm your aunt. (laughs) And they love it. They love it, and they're not afraid of me. And on the other hand, I've gone into the room with my bag, with my costuming and my makeup, and proceeded to sit down and put my makeup on and walk out in my costume. And that seems to relay the same message. It's okay. Underneath the clown is somebody's aunt, somebody's mom. Once they get the context that you're actually a person, you're dressing up for their enjoyment, That's then right. the fear goes away. Most of <laughs> the time, yep. Do you have any particularly good stories about your time as a clown? I remember a summer. I did a 4th of July parade. It was one of the biggest parades in the state that I live in. I had five sets of gloves on my person. Every two blocks, 
I met 20 or 30 kids with chicken pox scabs on their face. <laughs> you can't not shake that hand. Right. You can't not hug that child or sit down on the curb and have your picture taken. So you shake all those hands, and as you walk away, you take the gloves off and you put another pair on. <laughs> I changed my gloves six times that day. But boy, what a time we had. Every day, a volunteer service called Clown Care sends clowns to children's hospitals all over the United States, Canada, and Europe. Like Stars the Clown, they're there to make kids laugh. And there's evidence that says laughter is good medicine. Even if it's not, it's a nice distraction from the often dreary environment of the medical world. So how does this jibe with the study mentioned earlier that says kids are universally afraid of clowns? It doesn't. Could it be that once you get to know a clown, they're likely to be your best friend? I'm still not sure that I understand what about clowns makes them so scary for you. Is it the fact that they don't match what they're presenting to you? I know that's not what you are. Yeah, especially why are you pretending to be that that badly? That's the other thing that really bothers me. When people pretend to be something that they're not badly. I come from a family full of people in the anti-personality disorder spectrum. I know good and bad liars when I see them. But the ones that keep doing it and think they're good, like, that's how I see clowns. That just, it just it disturbs the hell out of me. Yeah, I think like, that's in maybe a literal that's sense. scary thing. That's that, like, it's not quite... It's not right. So, but what is a clown trying to be that they're, that they're not? What is it about how they look? I think it's not even so much what a clown is trying to be as what it's trying to express. And that the world is a happy, joyous place when it really isn't. Hmm. <laughs> not for most of us. Hmm, that's bleak. We asked Jennifer to talk specifically about her idea that clowns are bullies. You mentioned earlier that they were bullies they trip each other they, they have trip like each other they take yeah they trip each other they take edge weapons to each other they'll pull let la- like they have edge pull- weapons you went to way different circuits than i did as a kid i'm talking about dumbo in dumbo there's this whole fire scene fire like this whole like fireman sequence with the building and the clowns are all like they're all you know screwing up like you know, one of them replaces the water tank with gasoline. And this is a real fire under the tent, by the way. Gasoline, they trip each other, they'll take, they'll stick each other in flower pots, they make, you know, they'll pull ladders from like two, three stories high. Yeah, it's funny now because I'm sick, twisted, and jaded by, you know, being an adult in Chicago. But as a kid, that's not funny. That's downright terrifying to have a ladder pulled out from under you when you're two, three stories up. And that's also not that. That's, that's mean. Have you ever run into a clown somewhere or, like, had a Halloween incident or anything? So, three years ago, a bunch of us went out for Halloween. One of the guys in our group, Dave, decided that he was going to come as a clown. And I turn around and he's standing right over me. Dave is about 6'5 on a bad day. So I freak out when he starts doing the creepy clown facing claws at me. And I warn him, 
if you do that one more time, knowing what a big fear of clowns I have, I'm going to punch you. If I say I'm going to hit you, I'm going to hit you. So Dave, for whatever Dave's reasonings or motivations were, decided to keep creeping me out. So I kept punching Dave in the ribs all night. Again, I'm tiny and Dave is not. Dave is your friend. You know him very well. You know he's not a clown or whatever that means. He was exacerbating my fear. Did you feel whatever. real fear about it even though you knew it was him? Were you, were, were, I were you angry at punched. your friend for... For playing for on not your being existing sensitive. fear. Yeah, not being sensitive um, to fear. I was angry at my friend, but I was also a little concerned because he was obviously pushing my boundaries mm. and not respecting them when I said, please stop. Where, like, where's the line here? Where is the line? We had a way to find out. We called Dave. So my name is David Schultz. I don't remember specifically coming to the decision to be a clown. It was kind of on a whim. I hadn't dressed up for Halloween in a few years, and I had never been anything scary for Halloween. Just kind of the way I was brought up, we would be funny things or lighthearted things for Halloween, and then I became an adult and didn't do Halloween much for years, and then just decided I should try being scary just to see what that's like and because I think it will be fun. And my mind went pretty quickly to clowns because I do think clowns are kind of scary. I wouldn't say I have a phobia about them, but whenever I'm in a room full of people and the subject of clowns comes up, somebody invariably says, ooh, I hate clowns. Ooh, I'm scared of clowns. Does anybody ever say, oh, I love clowns? I literally do not remember ever hearing anybody say that. <laughs> but so, so what happened when you got to whatever you went to, a party or a bar, and Jen was there? Talk about the moment you uh, you first interacted with her as Scary Clown Dave. It was a, a large group of people. I didn't know specifically that Jen was even going to be there. First of all, uh, none of my friends recognized me. I got there, I want to say maybe four or five people were already there um, who I knew. And I walked in. And at that point, I had just traveled through public transit in my Scary Clown costume. So I was already kind of on a, an adrenaline rush from getting unusual attention from strangers the whole way there. Um, then I walked in and my friends kind of, you know, glanced and saw that I was in costume and I walked over and sort of stood near them. And then I realized after a few seconds, nobody was acknowledging me or saying anything. And then it dawned on me, they, they can't tell it's me. And then I started speaking and a couple different people just were shocked that it was me. That was how, you know, perfect the costume was. I had a big red Afro type of uh, wig on and, uh, you know, the, the full makeup and crazy clothes and everything, so that they just did not recognize my face. Yeah, with regard to Jen specifically, I mean, it occurred to me that she was not looking at me and that she couldn't, like, bring herself to look at me. So I, you know, I, I teased her and acted, you know, tried to creep her out and be scary toward her and everything, which uh, those of you who know us will know our entire friendship has always been based on me detecting that she has a button to push and then pushing it until she punches me. So her story about punching me, that could have been a story about many other occasions. That's kind of what our you know, relationship has consisted of all along. I have sort of a, get a juvenile thrill from being in trouble, I guess. And that's just the dynamic of how we interact with each other. And I, I did not really appreciate just how affected she was. 
I didn't take it as, oh, she's really deathly horrified of what's happening right now. Um, so I probably pressed it more than I should have. And I, I apologize to her afterwards and would like to again. I know that I, you know, I did more than was fun for both of us. And she wasn't in on the joke that I thought I was making. Did you know she had a clown thing before showing up as a clown? Just out of well, curiosity. That's, that's one other thing that I've never been able to convince her that I didn't know. We actually interacted after that, you know, numerous times meeting up different places. And she, whenever she would relay the story, she would say, he knew I was scared of clowns or, you know, you knew I was terrified of clowns. I can believe that she might have said at some point in my presence, I'm scared of clowns. But like I said, that's something I feel like anytime clowns come up in a conversation nowadays, somebody in as that's part of that conversation says, oh, I hate clowns. Uh, I, so it just wouldn't have then gone into my, you know, permanent impression of, you know, things I know about Jen. I really went out that evening without Jen in mind. Can you talk about what it was like on the train? You said that you got a lot of attention, and I want to know what kind of attention you received and how you felt about it. The whole thing was kind of an adrenaline rush, because I'm, I'm a bit of an introverted person in general. Um, in the right context with the right people, I like, you know, having attention and talking and everything. But in general, I, I don't want attention drawn to myself in public. So just getting myself to walk out the front door of my apartment and walk on the streets of Chicago in this crazy getup was, you know, it took some, some doing for me. And then as soon as I got out there, I was, I could feel my heart racing and everything. So then I got to the subway and I went down and I would hear some people would just say, Hey, you know, scary clown. Yeah. You know, I don't even remember what exactly, but they would just acknowledge the costume. So what was your adrenaline rush about? Were you nervous or were you feeling kind of into the clown costume? I was feeling both. First of all, when I first put on the makeup, and we had actually done practice makeup a couple days before, I looked in the mirror and felt a rush. It felt powerful because it was a scary face. You know, any face that I would make, uh, you know, scrunching up my eyebrows or raising my eyebrows or, you know, trying to look scarier was doubly effective, you know, compared to if I didn't have makeup on. So I, I knew that it was very powerful and affecting, and I, I was thrilled by that, that feeling of power. So the adrenaline rush walking out of my apartment was both. I felt powerful, and I felt like this is going to have impact on, you know, people that see me. But then I also felt afraid of just receiving lots of um, attention from strangers. I just, you know, part of me doesn't want all these people looking at me, and so that's what made it exciting to do it. Dave's insight into what it was like to be a scary clown shows us how these things can easily happen, and it seems as though he wouldn't push things as far again. We asked Jennifer what advice she'd have for people wishing to avoid clowns. What would you tell somebody else uh, who's also scared of clowns? Make sure you have friends who aren't dicks and dress up as clowns for Halloween. And also, and also it's perfectly okay to punch them if they invade your personal space and don't respect your boundaries. Other than that, I guess because clowns are sort of on the decline, I think we're, I think we're pretty okay in that regard. We're at the, we're lucky in that this is what our big irrational fear is. It's not something like orange juice. You're in a, a, a lucky position in that you might live to see the extinction or at least the virtual extinction of your own fear. Yes. Except, I don't know, I think clowns are going to stick around as a villain, right? They're going to be in Spawn comics and they're going to be objects of fear, I think. And I'm a little bit more okay with that because to me that's that's the 
personification that clowns really and truly embody. But I'm not sure how <laughs> so much longer a... they can exist without the counterpoint, without the assumption that they're they're nice and good. I don't think the the villainy really has. Oh, like the a... fear isn't as powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. What do you think about that? Do you think you, do you think they need? some people to be like oh clowns it's funny and fun to make them scary or do you think they could just be scary without anyone thinking that they were fun? i think that they can be scary without anyone thinking they were funny because this is by definition an irrational fear you really can't pinpoint a reason behind it you can't articulate a reason behind this fear it just it exists for some other reason it might be a past trauma or some other strange association that your brain just hasn't consciously figured out. But no, I personally think that clowns can and should remain embodiments of evil. And they can do that all on their lonesome. And you're comfortable, you're more comfortable with that. Oh yeah, because there's no dishonesty there. Yeah. Dishonesty, or at least the idea that true characteristics are being hidden, seems to be a theme that's coming up over and over again. As for the future of clowning, both Kabuki and Stars thought that clowning was on the decline. In 2014, the World Clown Association reported that its membership was plummeting because new people weren't interested in becoming clowns. They cite Tim Curry's Pennywise, the association with serial killer John Wayne Gacy, who was also Pogo the Clown, and the fact that people have simply given up on the traditional clown image. Today's popular clowns are in the form of highly skilled acrobats, such as those found in Cirque du Soleil shows, which we learned can also be frightening to some people. So while people who are afraid of clowns can take heart that clowning is in decline, they have something else to worry about. The clowns that they are likely to encounter on Halloween know their fear. And they're not all going to be as nice as Dave turned out to be. Just consider that there are 773 results for Evil Clown on Amazon.com. While we can't recommend Jennifer's suggestion that you should hit clowns, we can recommend another approach to overcome this anxiety. Get to know the person under the mask or makeup, if at all possible. But if they're dressed as Pennywise, chances are that retreat is your best option. I got a balloon for you! And that's our episode. Thanks to Jennifer for sharing her uncomfortable stories with us, and to Dave for shedding light on what it's like to be an evil clown. Thanks also to Becky and Ida for telling the clown side of the story. Our hosts are Aubrey Henretti, Mark Gronke, and myself, Jeff Wagg. This has been a production of the College of Curiosity. Thanks for listening. Hey there, Jeff again. I'd just like to let you know that we have a trip for the curious planned for the first weekend of August 2016. We'll be taking over a dark sky site high in the Colorado Rockies for some exploration and astronomy. During the day, we'll visit some local sites such as Wolf Mountain, where we may have a close encounter with actual wolves, and Bishop's Castle, one man's hand-built fortress in the sky. 
Then we'll gather for a meal and talk about how ancient Americans viewed the stars, and get some instructions for how to use the array of telescopes we'll have set up. If the weather cooperates, and it's likely to, we should be able to see things such as Pluto, nebulae, and galaxies, and the amazing glow of our galactic disk, known as the Milky Way. Space is unlimited, but we only have room for so many. Full details are available at collegeofcuriosity.com. We hope you can join us.